Hello and good evening, everyone. This is Gary A. Swaby, and you are now listening to or watching the Powercast. And we are back after a little break, you know, since Force and everything. Um, but now we are here to cover Raising Canaan, you know, um, a show that is, uh, well, do I want to start trouble yet? I don't know if I should start trouble, but let me just say that <laughs> Raising Canaan is is definitely one of the best power shows out there. I'll just say that, you know. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to be recapping Power Book 3, Season 3, uh, Episode 1. And the title of this episode is Home Sweet Home, you know, um, and I'm joined by Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? And I am also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? I am excited to talk about good scripts with good acting and good plot points of new characters. Oh, yeah. Me too, because there, there is a lot to talk about. And yeah, new characters. Oh, yeah. We, we got to talk about that. Because, um, yeah, that, that new character is very intense, you know, so uh, we, we definitely got to discuss that. But, you know, um, just a little house cleaning before we get to the takeaways. So first of all, you know, as always, we encourage you guys to get involved with the show. Leave your comments. Let us know your thoughts and theories. Uh, let us know what you thought of uh, this first episode of Raising Canaan. Um, you know, I, I can't wait to see, you know, how everyone embraces it. And uh, I want to see if like this, if Raising Canaan coming back brings more viewership, you know, uh, to stars now. Because I know a lot of people were actually waiting for this show to come back. So, you know, I want to see what the, the viewership is like for stars and everything. But yeah, uh, definitely chime in in the comments. Let us know what you thought. And uh, hit the like button too. That's very important. And also subscribe to the channel. Uh, we want to try doing a lot more uh, bonus content this season, you know, um, because, you know, we are heavily invested in Raising Cayman. But uh, we can't do that without your continued support. So please do show your support, you know, hit the like button, subscribe, check out the, the other channels, you know, the Coalition Entertainment and the Coalition Gaming also. So, yeah, with, with that out the way, let's get to our takeaway segment. And, you know, I'll set it off since, you know, I am the host and this is the first episode. I'll, I'll, I'll set the pace here. Um, so I'm going to dive right in and give my three takeaways for this episode. Uh, so the, the, the first thing I want to kind of touch on here is like, you know, with Laverne, um, she had like a career day meeting you know, in this episode where she was talking to like a career coach um, about, you know, what she's interested in, you know, what her future could be. 
and stuff like that. Um, so this this uh, got me thinking about, you know, where she actually ends up in the power history. Now, you know, we know that she's brought in in season three of Power, the original. And uh, she's introduced as Kanan's cousin. And this is after Kanan has a fight with Ghost. And, you know, he gets burnt up and stabbed and everything. And she has to help him nurse back to health. Um, and, you know, she has a girlfriend staying at the house who help, helps him also. Uh, and, yeah, we that's where we kind of see the development of her character in the original Power. And, you know, we all know that she is a, a, a police officer during this time, a crooked police officer at that, because she's, she helps to set up a robbery. She covers up, you know, crimes for her friends and stuff. Um, and yeah, she does, she does a lot of like crooked stuff as a police officer. So, you know, with seeing this uh, career, you know, meeting that Laverne has, aka Jukebox, you know, that got me thinking, is this the season where we see that development of her transitioning, you know, from who she is now to then becoming, you know, interested in being a police officer? And how she gets to that point is going to be where, you know, the interesting part of the story. Now, if, if we just look at this episode, um, you know, we see what happens at the end. Something huge happens at the end. Uh, where you know an officer gets killed that she is she was kind of close to you know she had a rapport with with Burke um and you know also you have Howard who is he's now kind of breaking bad and turning into this kind of crooked cop so these are the people around her at the moment um you know associated to her so I'm wondering if any of this kind of influences her her decision-making in the future. Um, so, you know, I just thought that was an interesting note that, you know, she had that career meeting just because, you know, we all know what she ends up doing. Um, and she could do other things before then, before she comes a police officer, you know, she could maybe have other careers and jobs, but just knowing where she ends up, I just feel like it's interesting that we're seeing that career meeting now uh, especially with everything that's happening with the law enforcement in this episode. So um, that was just the observation, you know, that I had and wanted to talk about. But uh, let's get to the next one, which is Kanan. So Kanan was like, he was, Kanan was hilarious in this episode. Like he, uh, he has this like very mean, kind of distaste like a savage distaste of his mother where to the point where he's disrespecting her in in conversations when they're talking like when they're in a group you know when the family is together you know Marvin Jukebox Kanan um and Raquel he's just straight up disrespecting her like calling her a liar like saying saying that anything she says is bs you know and all that stuff like he is just not holding back at all. Like he, he makes it clear how he feels about his mother at the moment. And uh, you could say it's warranted because after all, she killed his best friend. Um, she, she kept his uh, father from him, like the, the nature of his father. And then she had him kill his, his, well, try to kill his father, you know, 
she had him shoot him and everything. So like she's really like manipulated him and played with his mind. So you can see where the hatred comes from, you know, and even in season two is when he initially wanted to break away and move out. Uh, but, you know, now he's he's really standing on it. Like like even when they go to the house, the new house and everything that she bought and, um, you know, Marvin's moving in the boxes and he's trying to get Kanan to help out. And, you know, Kanan's like, I don't live here. Like, I ain't living here, even though Raquel bought it with the intention that Kanan was going to live there. They were going to live there together, you know. Um, so just seeing that is like, I feel like this is the season where we're really going to see Kanan come into, you know, his character and and start to become the Kanan that we 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 know from original power. Um you know, he he's like, he's being more bold. He's standing on his words and his principles. And um, that's the Canaan we know right there. So just, you know, I'm, I'm excited. It makes me excited for the rest of the season just to see this kind of Canaan, like just, just to see the energy of where he's at right now in episode one. Um, I, I can't wait to see, you know, what's next, what's coming next, because this energy is like real intense between him and Raquel. And we know that Raquel is kind of like she she's crazy for him. Like she she wants to control him. You know, she wants to she she feels ownership over him and his life and his decisions. So she's not just going to fall back and let him do what he wants. Like, I feel like she's going to keep trying to control him and steer him back into the nest, you know, and stuff like that, um, even though she's saying that she's she's quitting you know quitting the game and everything i don't she she's not going to quit being a mother you know so i want to see how that dynamic is going to go you know between raquel and kanan this season because the energy in this episode was like it was was crazy it was it was real savage just seeing uh kanan address his mother but uh and then that also brings me to Kanan's Kanan's father, Howard, you know, um, so that, well, that, that was a, a great way to end a first episode, like a, a season premiere episode. Like that was an amazing way to end it right there. Like just because Howard, you know, he started off in this series as like a legit kind of police officer, you know, he did have a bit of a mean streak and everything, but like he, he was he was mainly like a you know a solid stand up kind of police officer and he took Burke under his wing and everything like trying to uh show her the ropes so so like just to see him like turn and kind of it's like a it's really like a breaking bad kind of story for him where you know he's been consumed by this new role of being Kanan's father and you know he feels the need to protect him um, and, you know, I like how there's that moment where Howard and he, he, you know, first he goes to Raquel and, you know, he he basically says, like, we need to let Kanan know that we're in this together and we've got to, you know, get our story straight and look out for each other because he knows how hot it's getting, you know, from the police side of things and the, the feds are getting involved. So he want, he feels like he has to protect them in a way because that is his baby mother and his son 
Um, so, you know, he gets them together. They they go to Famous's apartment where Kanan is staying. And, uh, you know, he he's like telling them, like, we, we've got to, you know, keep it close. We got to get our story straight, keep it close. Don't make any mistakes. And then instantly they uh, call him out and say, look, your partner is the one that knows everything. You know, Buck, she knows everything about us. So she's really the, the biggest threat to us right now. And, you know, that kind of sets in motion that contradiction within himself, you know, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm telling them that they got to keep it close, but then, you know, there's dirt going on in, on my side of the fence, you know, there, there's a, there's dirt in my, in my house. So, you know, I like that kind of revelation that, you know, conflicts within him where he's like, okay, yeah, they're right. Like I got to fix this. And then, you know, we see him set up the meeting with Burke later on. And then, you know, the the whole the whole conversation in the car was just chilling. Like, you know, he's trying to tell her, like, he's trying to come at it, like, you know, as the concerned friend, like, I'm going to help you get back on the force, you know, we could fix things. And then she's just unloading on him, letting him know everything she knows. And then just bam, out of nowhere, just like that. Like, um, it was just... <laughs> everything about it was perfect. Like even just like, uh, Omar Epps is a great actor. Um, the, the way he, he did that scene was just incredible. Like it was so, so savage, but like he, he had this demeanor about him where it's like, you know, the, I'm, I'm just taking care of business right now. Like this is what I have to do, you know? Um, and just, just his whole movements and his expressions and his inflections in that scene were just amazing. Like it was like, he he really uh sold that scene you know um him taking the tape from her like you were recording me and stuff like that and um you know wiping off the blood off his face and you know looking in the mirror just everything about that scene was just cold and just perfect like um and it was a great it was a great death scene for the first episode i felt like you know it really kind of set the tone for me so um, I thought that was great, and I can't wait to see what the consequences will be because his uh, commander seems to really trust him. Like he he puts a lot of faith in Howard. Um, so I want to see like, is there going to be any fallback on this? Like, are they going to figure out what he did? Because obviously he tried to make it look like a suicide, but if somebody does some digging, you know they might be able to find out a thing or two, you know? Um, and then there's the girlfriend and there's Burke's uh, father, you know, are they going to uh, follow this up and try and figure out what, what happened? You know, so I want to see what the consequences are going to be for what Howard has done. But uh, yeah, that, that's, that's my takeaways for this episode. Uh, and I just want to say, you know, this is how you start, start a season. You know, this was a great first episode for me and i just can't wait to see you know what else is going to happen um there there was also the runny runny being introduced uh we're going to talk about that you know i do have a question related to that and i'm sure one of you will bring it up in the takeaways as well so can't wait to hear what you got to say about that but yeah those are those are my takeaways um and i'm going to pass it over to miss dana abercrombie next so <laughs> dana when you're ready Take it away.
So sorry, I couldn't get that unmute button. Um, this was delicious. I loved everything about it. Um, this, I'm gonna start off with, with Ronnie because what I love about just in general is how you introduce new characters where it shifts the dynamic of the show without them completely stealing away the initial goal. And I think that was what helped the introduction of this character where he was literally just sitting in the house and you felt this character, you felt the shift change with Unique when he came into the home. Where like he was not bouncy and happy, but he was much lighter than what he was when he realized it was his brother at the table. It wasn't, remember, it wasn't like this big warm embrace. And what's really interesting is how it was Ronnie that really led the conversation. And right away, you saw the dynamic between the two of, either it was who you're either scared of or you respect and i think that there's a they have a, there's a, a bit they share a bit of commonality with scared and respect um right away we saw you know what was it wrist he had the written member where did that come from and what i loved about him was just how observant he was how he's able to if you really just walk into the house he blends in he's not you know flashy like unique he looks in, in many, most ways, like a nerd. He looks like one of those Nation of Islam men that you see in, in Malcolm X. You know, he's a little, he's well-groomed, with the glasses, looks like he reads a lot, looks like he likes to read. Um, and he looks like somebody who just did something with his life, but then you realize what he actually is and what he went to jail for. So I really loved how he's not who you think he is and how immediately, you have that kind of fear within him and unique and how he leads the conversation, but also just how observant he is. Not only when he looked at his wrist, but when he was in the car and he just glanced by and you look at what the why are the corner boys doing this and this. And he's trying to explain to him, but you see him always constantly thinking. So I really loved the introduction. It wasn't big and splashy but it was there, it was present, and it changed the dynamics of the character. And it also made me wanna know more about this relationship, past, present, and future. So I really, really do love this. Um, another thing that I wanted to point out was, you know, with Burke, I did not think this was gonna be her end. I thought she was gonna last at least until the end of this season. And what really threw me was the dad, you know, once daddy comes in, I'm gonna have a conversation. You know, I thought, I assumed Burke would kind of let him take the lead and not be so darn aggressive with things and so self-assured. You know, you, you know when your parents have to come in and save you? So, and that she would be open to what he's saying and play the game. Cause you know, she can always get her goal, maybe not now, but later. If you if you acted more like Ronnie, you would have gotten what you wanted. Um, so that didn't happen at all. But kind of going back with the whole suicide situation, this is a good thing that this takes place in the 90s. Because this was so sloppily done that I am 1,000% sure he would have been caught the next day. Um, but what was interesting was, you know, it wasn't just that he killed her, but he found the tape recorder too, because that could have easily been like a lingering thing 
we're like, the, oh, they discovered a tape recorder. And then we're wondering who's going to, you know, who's going to find it? Will they play it? And then also on top of that, <coughs> and the captain, before he kind of suspended her, um, I kind of wondered if he was going to not necessarily listen, but you know how people take in what you're saying, but they're not going to react the way that you want to right now? So I kind of thought that that was what was going to happen. <clears throat> With the suspension, you know, like she was going extra. And we understand why she was going extra. But at the same time, she was going way too extra, way too fast. So I kind of thought he would take into account what, she, what he's saying and maybe not visit it right now, but down the road. Um, but the fact that, that, that she died right away and that he knew her. Remember, he kept saying, I know you since he was little, the alcoholism with your mom. Um, I understand the pressure that you are. <clears throat> Sorry. I am hoping that by knowing her and her character, he doesn't think that she would commit suicide because she's so gun ho about something that I hope that, you know, he would think she would have the will to live. So we should kind of investigate this more. So that's what I'm really hoping on. Also, the dad, he has connection. This is a family job. This is a family career. He has connection. So I do hope that he is going to know like something's up and we're going to see that kind of be investigated. And I do, in a way, want Burke to not Burke. I want um Howard to kind of like, I understand what he's working from because he's like, I have to protect my family, my son. And he was like that from the very beginning, even though he was just really thirsty about it. He was able to pull back some. But with this one, um, he's kind of still the same motive. But I wonder now if the father starts challenging things, what will Howard do? Because the one thing about her, <coughs> so sorry, is that she ran her mouth. So it could be, you know, well, she do you put pieces together, you could still say, you know, Howard's in, in the wrong here. Um, another thing that I did like about this was jukebox. And I know that what we're expecting for that big twist of what's gonna happen and how she ended up where she's at. I'm okay with that not happening right now. Um, I really love the fact that they tried to protect her when they told her what really happened with her mother. You know, she was apologetic and she she really loved you and this and this. And, you know, and, and I really hope that for that moment, it gave her a little bit of peace. But I really liked how they was like everyone was concerned about Jukebox and her well-being. I hope that this if you look at how um, Rock is treating her and, and Kanan, it so sorry <clears throat> to me that. I wonder in Kane in Rock's eyes, can Kanan still be saved? And if not, she's gonna dedicate all her energy towards Jukebox. So that would be an even more interesting dynamic to see play out. So those are my three. I know we'll we'll dive deeper into more stuff. <clears throat> oh yeah. Excellent uh, observations. Um I, I I really like that your little title there is Officer Dumbass. <laughs> like that's that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, uh, basically, that's what she was. <laughs> she, yeah, she was very like uh, bold, but like blindly bold. Like you know, like she just she didn't think anything was gonna happen to her if she kept pushing the issue. Like 
she was basically acting like Canaan, like a, a teenager with hurt feelings. Yeah. And I'm going to talk to you now, Mom. So, yeah. Yeah, she was going too hard. But, um, yeah, um, so it is time now to hear from Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. So when you're ready, Rich, hit us with your takeaways. First and foremost, excellent takeaways from Gary and Dana, as always. Um, let me start off by saying, yeah, this is an outstanding episode, an outstanding season premiere And I know Gary did not want to create any controversy by talking about what's the best power show, but come on, guys, this this is an easy, let's just admit, this is at the top of the list. All right. So uh, my three takeaways from this episode, I'm going to start off with Lulu, because you see that my title on here is not Bulletproof Records, because Lulu does is told in this episode, after what happened last season, with Issa getting shot, all the stuff that happened he is told that he has to evacuate the building because now this is a crime scene. So I'm going to try to help Lulu find another record label. But for right now, the record label is called Not Bulletproof Not Bulletproof Records. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, but yeah, Lulu in this episode, he does tell Marvin that Raquel did confess to him that she made a mistake by killing Scrappy. Basically trying to basically talk with his brother try to get an understanding of where he's coming from to give him a a better understanding of where he's coming from. And I did find it interesting that also in this episode, later in the episode, he does meet up with Kanan and he tells Kanan that Raquel is the one that had him kill D Wiz basically because him and Kanan have this connection where they have a shared hatred and disgust for Raquel right now. So I want to see where they're going with that because, uh, that was very interesting to see that dynamic. Um, but of course, you know, and then of course, Lulu, this entire episode, he's drinking, does give Kanan a drink as well. So yeah, just bonding together because they don't like Raquel. So let's see what happens with that. Uh, on the second side of that, talking about Marvin in this episode, he is recovering at the start of the episode from the bullet that he took last season. Luckily, the bullet went straight through him, but still in a lot of pain, still recovering. Um, he does get a box from the church that, uh, jukebox mom was at, um, Kenya. He gets that box. It it basically has jukebox, a whole bunch of items she had of jukebox that reminded her of jukebox that I'm sure she was going to give her that box if they had uh, their time to, uh, make up. But unfortunately that did not happen. And he does basically decide to go to the service. Now he does give uh jukebox the opportunity to says hey if you want to go if you want to go to the service i'll go with you jukebox decides to stay home which makes sense right she's dealing with a lot of stuff uh because of what happened last season with her mom and of course she hasn't really she's trying to process all this other stuff and as dana pointed out i'm glad they did take a, a moment to show the family's concern for her state of mind as she's going through this but one thing i do want to say uh, and this is, I think, very important about this show. Like, we, we, we always say this is a great show. The, the acting is excellent. I have to say this, though. The music selection, the music selections for this show, this is top tier. They had that very beautiful Roberta Flack song. And, you know, I listen to a lot of old school music, but I've never heard this song. The song is Do What You Gotta Do, right? Beautiful song, montage, as they show various characters going through different things. 
So I got to give them a shout out for that. That's the first one. So that's the first takeaway. The second takeaway of this episode, Dana touched on this as well. I like the introduction of Ronnie to the show as Unique's older brother. Uh, And like you said, you did feel the power shift the minute this character showed up. He didn't really have a ton to say, but when he said something, it was impactful. And I'm pretty sure that when he does something in this season, it's going to be very impactful. You just get that demeanor from him already. But I like how they introduced the character and you see that there's already tension between him and Unique because he doesn't like that Unique is working with Raquel. Uh, He doesn't like any of that stuff that's happening. So I'll be very curious to see what happens as the show goes on from that perspective. But yes, uh, this whole dynamic of Unique definitely feels as though he is a little uncomfortable. And then you saw at the end of this episode, Unique did hook up with Raquel. Um, Obviously, you know, he also is, it kind of feels as though when he, when, when Ronnie showed up at the beginning of the episode, it felt as though Unique felt a little uncomfortable. He didn't really feel as though this is someone he can approach. But but I want to see how that dynamic continues as the season goes on, because obviously they are brother brothers. They're going to definitely butt heads, I feel, a lot this season. So I'm very curious to see where they go with that. But yeah, I like the introduction of the character. Can't wait to see what happens next. And finally, final takeaway of this episode I want to talk about Raquel and Kanan in this episode. Now, I think it was a very smart plan that Raquel had to basically put all of this stuff that happened on Crown Camacho and the fact that Lulu, she told Lulu to do the same thing and Howard as well. So I want to see if that story sticks because they also did say he was behind the drug operations at both the Basley and Jamaica Houses projects. So that that is what I want to see if that story sticks because... Obviously, the cops are buying it for now, but I think uh, we need to see what happens as the season goes on because they're going to be, I think, after what happened in this episode with Howard killing Burke, eventually there are going to be suspicious of Howard. I don't think it's going to happen right away, but there's going to be some stuff that I think he's going to do this season that may put himself at risk. So let's see where they're going with that. I To go to what Gary mentioned earlier, I do like the savagery, you know, how savage Kanan was in this episode. How, you know, he didn't really care. He cuts off his mom, you know, all this other stuff. And you understand it. Again, she lied to him about who his father was for all this time and tried to have him kill Howard. So I fully understand where Kanan is coming from. Okay, so I understand that. But um, I did find it interesting how, you know, he, he, so he so of course he didn't go back with her to the house. He decides to go back where Famous is at. And of course, now they're about to get evicted. So I did find it funny how they approach uh, Famous's weed supplier trying to offer him business, and obviously he turned that down. So uh, I'm curious to see what Kane is going to do next because obviously they're about to get kicked out of Famous's place, so they have to find a way to make money. We know that Kanan is about the street life. He's going to probably be out there hustling or try to set up his operations so Just like you made the comment, Gary, where we're going to finally get a chance to, I guess, dive into what happens with uh, Jukebox and her career aspirations. I think this is the season now where Kanan takes the gloves off and you finally get to see him become more of a businessman, see how he evolves his business and all this other stuff in the street game and basically starts to gain uh, traction. So I'm looking forward to seeing all of that. But um, the one thing I do want to say, yes, to go to, again, the final part of this takeaway. 
you both already mentioned the death of Shannon Burke. Okay. Because we did find out that when, when they had their conversation, Kanan and Raquel were very adamant with Howard saying, you need to deal with the situation with Burke. This is your person. You need to deal with the situation. And of course, this entire episode, you see Shannon gets suspended. Her girlfriend breaks up with her. So from the standpoint, the character has a lot of motivation to give up on everything. But again, as Dana said, the shopping, the, the, the shooting was sloppy, but I like how, how fast it was, how quick it was while she's talking with Howard and Howard just decides, Oh, she's getting, she's, she's got some of this stuff. She's got this story figured out pretty good. Then he decides to just shoot her. I thought that was fantastic. And I'm very curious to see where they go with this because again, Howard did take the tape recorder. He did try to clean up the scene of the crime. But again, this isn't something that's just going to go away. So I'm curious to see where they go. But the last thing I will say, I'm going to end this takeaway the same way I started the first one. The music. Again, the music. That epic song by Isaac Hayes, Walk On By. If you've ever seen Dead Presidents, you know about that song. That was the perfect song to end off this episode. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. Overall, like I said, excellent season premiere. This is the way that you do, you open a season to get people invested and interested to see what happens next. And I can't wait to see what happens next week. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, great takeaways. And um, one thing about this show as well is they have a lot of like classic music in there, you know, so that that's great too, because the time frame is the 90s. So, you know, they could play classics from the 90s from the 80s 70s you know it's like so that that's what's great about this show but um yeah uh great great uh takeaways from both of you so now let's get into uh questions and discussions so that we can have more of a uh you know dialogue about uh some of these things um so there, there's a lot i want to get to but let's start here you know let's start with raquel because in this episode you know, her whole thing is like after she, uh, you know, gives the, the crown Camacho story and pins everything on him, um, you know, she then tells everyone she's out the game. You know, she's moving on. She's done with the business, the life and everything. And, um, you know, even unique when he shows up, he's like, you know, I'm going to miss you, you know, because they they used to be beefing, you know, and now they're kind of cool and he saved her. But um, she tells the family as well. and. You can see like it's affecting them in different ways. Like I think Lulu's a bit skeptical. You don't believe her. Kanan definitely doesn't believe her. And, you know, Marvin's kind of stressed. Like he he needs his breathing exercises again. You know, he, he's just, he's just all over the place. Um, but he's trying to be there for jukebox too. But so the question I have is, has Raquel really left the game? Or do you think like, do you, do you see her getting back in the game for sure? And, you know, if she does, like, what is going to be the catalyst for that? Like, is there going to be a reason that she gets back in the game? Because she seems pretty well off. Like, you know, it seems like she's got her money and everything. But what do you think about that? So I'm going to go to Dana first because she's shaking her head. So, Dana, what would you think? I was being extra with my movement so you could pick me first. Um, no. And not even the fact that, you know, we know through the, the trailer and everything, but as Kanan said, she is the game. 
And I like to compare this to wrestling, where, for example, we have Ric Flair, right? How many times have Ric Flair retired? And then he goes off in that retired life, but he's been in the game for so long, he doesn't know what else to do. So he keeps coming back and keeps coming back. And even when we see like he's 80 years old, 70 something, I don't want to wrestle. It's not because, you know, he, he you know, it's, 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 it's monetary is good for him or, you know, his body's like screaming, let's get back in the ring. It's because it's all he knows what to do. Those fans and those people cheering for him, that's the sound that he needs to fuel him. That danger that Raquel goes through, even with the, where we had the finale, where she almost died and then we got the south side ending, that adrenaline, I feel in a way, kind of amps her up. It gives her that sense of like, ooh, I'm awake, I'm alive. You know, it, it's so certain people, that's why you stay in the game. Nobody gets, takes a job where it's like, well, you get a bunch of money, but you also can die or end up in jail. There's something else there. You may start off with, I need the money, but there's something else there that keeps you there. We've seen multiple drug dealers that, uh, that I've, uh, you know, had the money, whatever, enough for generations, but then they keep going back for more and more and more. It's that thrill. So I don't think Raquel will ever stick away from the game. I think that we will see a, maybe a break. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with a break. But there's going to be a situation where she has to get back in there. Also, on top of that, she has a son who is trying to do things on his own. And good for him and that independence. But he's not smart yet. He's not fully there. He's not the Kanan that we know today. Also, really side note, um, for the actor who is playing Kanan, uh, Makai, not Makai. Is it Makai? I believe it's Makai. Makai Curtis, his inflections and his acting it's like oh my god this is 50 cent this is queens this is new york this is the night like good job for him because it, it's weird it's not I, it's more than like an impersonation i feel he fully embodies the character he is like the character actor so and he's so young to to pull this off well i'm like if you just close your eyes yeah that's 50. so Side note to him, yay. But for the character, he's still dumb. And famous is even dumber. So I do feel that there might be a situation where Raquel is going to have to come and save the day. And also, that investigation is still investigating. And then you have Howard and other people. You have the two brothers. I do feel that something is going to happen and she's going to have to ease on back in. And then you have on top of that, just because of the thrill. She's been doing this for so long. Remember she told us, she said in the very, like I believe in the first season, she started this through her boyfriend. So she's learned the game through that. It wasn't like, oh, I went to school and I'm doing this. And, and I just learned because I need extra money for, for books. This was something that she, she only, she knows. So I don't think that she is going to step away from the game at all. And even just from a writing standpoint, She's such an impactful, strong character that I don't want her to start doing like, let's be a babysitter or let's open a salon and cut hair. I just love what she brings in from that dangerous side. So I don't want her to retire. But no, she's not retiring right now. But a break, a break is good because she was almost murdered in the previous season.
Oh yeah, true. Uh, absolutely. Um, like Raquel is like, like you said, you know, where Kanan told her, you you are the game. Like, you know, she is the game. So, um, and she really does like embody that. Like she she's the best kind of kingpin that we've had in a long time. Like she's cold, calculating, you know, ruthless. She doesn't play, you know, so I, I don't think like she's in so deep. I don't think she can shake that off and, and she can't even do anything normal. I don't think because her heart, like her blood, her heart, everything is, is that the street, you know, the street life. And rem- remember during the finale of season one, when she's on the rooftop, just looking over at the chaos and the mess, and she kind of has to smile and she's like really proud of herself. You're going to tell me she's going to give that up to just, I don't know, be a mom. And I'm not saying you, but you know, without the drug part, no, come on. She's so proud of herself. She needs that. Oh yeah, definitely. So uh, let, let, let's see what Rich thinks about that. I agree pretty much with everything that Dana said. No way she is retiring. Uh, And I like how this episode starts immediately after what happened last season with Marvin recovering. I mean, the thing is, I I still expect that they're going to want to retaliate again against the people that came after them. That will obviously, I think, come at a later point because now they have to regroup and figure out what they're going to do. The other thing is that uh, Tony Danza's character you saw him in this episode very briefly talking to Sal. And the thing is that I'm pretty sure that character has unfinished business with Raquel as well. So I I I don't think it's I don't think it's over. I know she can have the intent that she wants to retire and get out the game, but in this game, there isn't really too many people that get out alive. So uh I want to see where they're going with this. Obviously, she's not done. Um, but yeah, I I I think uh I think Kanan and Lulu are right to doubt that she's telling the truth when she said that she's out. And um, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing where they, where they go from here. Go ahead, Dana. Yeah, go down. And, and, Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 also, this answers our question that we had when we did our trailer breakdown. Remember when Tony Danza was like, I need you. And yep. we didn't know like for what. So this answers, we don't have the answer answer, but maybe he's the one who pulls her back in, you yeah. know, with some kind of offer. Maybe he gives her like access and more uh, uh, ability to retaliate against what happened in in the previous season, um, you know, and I don't think that his, his, his people, Tony Danza's people, is going to survive because they're freaking idiots as well. <laughs> so they're not going to last. Hence the I need you, plus they're idiots, so I need you even more. So I think that's also going to be a catalyst for her to come back in. And then also, and just a side note, Tony Danza is so delicious in this uh, role that he has. I would have never thought, let's have Tony Danza be the mobster guy. And he's just so good at it. I love it. So, yeah, I think he's he's going to be that part because we do see that. And we do some, we do see something with a storefront. Remember at the end of the trailer. So, mm-hmm. yay. That's going to be like, oh, I retired spot. But we all know it's not. <laughs> Remember, they got Tasha with that babysitting job. Boop. <laughs> yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. And, and yeah, I love um, Stefano, I think is his name, the Tony Danza character. 
Um, I, I love that he like he's selling fishes and stuff, and like you know he tells Saul, "Oh, you better buy some fishes," you know, at least because uh, he's he's upset with him <laughs> for not getting the job done. And then he sends it. Like I, I think it's right what you're saying, Dana, about he he might make an offer to Raquel because you know he sends Saul back to Jersey or whatever, um, and he seems like you know he just wants him to go away at this point, like just get out of my face. And he might go to Raquel now because she's the one who survived. Like, if she can survive, Saul, you know, maybe he should be working with her, you know. Well, they're also idiots. But also, was I the only one who caught, like, the double meaning of the fishes? Because I immediately thought of, you know, sleep with the fishes. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Mobster. <laughs> stereotype talk. So, yay. Yeah, I, I hope we get a lot of, like, fish puns. Or something like <laughs> throughout this season but um but yeah uh, rich was you gonna say something else oh no go, go ahead okay yeah so uh I, I got a lot of questions so let me uh get to another one so uh okay so we we, we kind of didn't really talk about lulu a lot in our takeaways so you know is lulu done with raquel for good because the thing is, if you watch season one, and I, I have been watching um, season one again, and, you know, there's a scene in that one where uh, Marvin and Lulu are fighting each other. And at this point in time, you know, Marvin's basically telling Lulu, oh, you're you're always on Raquel's tea, you know, implying that he's, you know, he, he's, uh, he, he kisses up to their sister, you know, to the older sister, like he's under her wing. He follows her lead and, and all that. So, so yeah, like, Dana's laughing. Did you it's remember not, that? It's not, it's not that tea. It's the fact you're so British. You say tea. <laughs> it's, it's my accent. He's I'm all up on a tea. He's on a tea. Oh, God. It's the accent, isn't it? Man's British, bruv. But, um, yeah, so <laughs> that, that's that's what happens. Um, yeah, so so like he he's he implies that Lulu is so so under Raquel's wing, and you know, and, and now we're kind of seeing the reverse of that because Marvin is the one that's kind of sticking by Raquel, and Lulu he's kind of just done with everything because he's lost his business, he's lost Zisa, you know, his whole thing got shut up, and he's just tired of. Raquel and there's even the scene where he tells Kanan, you know, that it was Raquel who had D Wiz killed. Um, but you know, Kanan's like, I already, I already knew anyway. But you know, then he's like, she, she had me do it, and you could see that 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 really bothers him. You know, that really touches him that he had to be the one to do that. You know, to kill that kid. So, do you think that he's really done for good? Uh, with Raquel and what else do you see for this character in the season so I'm going to go to you first Rich what do you think I believe this is the season where we're going to see Lulu start to stand up for himself a lot more I think the most important thing about that conversation well the most important detail about this episode regarding Lulu Marvin does find out in this episode that Howard is Kanan's father and you notice that Raquel tells him, don't tell this to Lulu. 
because he already hates her, so on and so forth. So I will be very curious to see what happens when Lulu actually finds out this information. Would he hold this against Raquel? Because for the last two seasons, Raquel has always had the upper hand. Remember what she told Lulu at the end of last season? I own you, right? So um, I want to see where they're going with that. And I think that this is the season. Shout out to Malcolm Mays, excellent actor. This is his season where I think this character is going to do some things to set himself apart. Now, as for the question you asked, Gary, about will he continue to, to trust Raquel and work with her, I, I don't I don't necessarily think he's going... Well, obviously, he doesn't trust her. He is aligned with Kanan now as, in terms of how they think about Raquel. But I want to see how he plays this because, obviously, there are going to be certain situations that I think happen this season where the family is going to have to work together. But at some point, he is going to get some type of measure of revenge against her once he has the opportunity to do so. What kind of revenge that is, we'll have to wait and see. But stay tuned for that. I do think, though, this is the season where he's going to take control and make sure he's not always the one getting outsmarted by her. So let's see what happens from here. Mm, yeah, interesting. Lulu taking control. That that, that could be good. Um, and... Yeah, I know. I remember there was also uh, a, there was also something in the past where Unique had approached Lulu um, to because he wanted him to kind of flip on Raquel and work with him or something like that. Um, now Unique is kind of in bed with Raquel, literally. So like you know <laughs> they have that going on, but but who knows what Ronnie is going to be up to and what type yes. of time he's going to be on, you know? So there's there's room for some alliances to be made possibly, you know, uh, but Dana, what do you think? You got any thoughts on that? But Richard, you did the same thing. Oh, you going to say something, Rich? Oh, no, I just was going to say, yeah, Gary, you hit it right on the head yeah. when you mentioned Roddy. That's the one that can, that could approach Lulu. So we need to see if that's what's actually going to happen. <laughs> okay, so y'all saw my answer because I was going to say this. Once Raquel said, I own you, that to me was an extremely powerful declaration. And to me, that means revenge. And the thing about Lulu is he don't speak. He's kind of like Rodney in a way, where you think he's doing one thing, but I really do feel that he could be doing something else while he's doing that one thing. And in terms of Rodney, I don't know what his motives are. I don't know that relationship, uh, you know, I don't know the deepness of that relationship between him and his brother. We do know that tension. We do know that he was introduced as he is the kid that the bully runs away from, essentially. So with that kind of dynamic and with Lulu's mindset could be one of two things. I want revenge no matter what. Therefore, I'm going to team with Ronnie, who doesn't have any connections to Raquel, who does not care about who Raquel is and have that kind of relationship. He wasn't there going south side. He looked like the type of person who would probably end up killing Unique. I mean, the way how he, Unique came into that door, it was chilly in the air. So I do feel that could be a possibility of them teaming up. But for me, I really want him to just get completely out of the game. I spoke to Malcolm Mays a, a while ago during, I think, season two. 
And one of the things that I asked them, now obviously we don't know what's going to actually pin the paper, what's going to happen was, what is Lulu's ultimate goal? And it was very simple. Music, family, settle down, be basic and normal. It wasn't get the money, get the drugs, own this, get my man up, get the crew up. It wasn't that at all. So I wonder if he's going to strive more for that. But in order for him to achieve that true sense of freedom, because I asked him, what is that true sense of freedom? It may have to be a life without Raquel. Now, I don't know if that means through death. I don't know if it's his death or her death. But it's very interesting that the only people that we go in the future that we know fully about that's mentioned is Raquel and Jubox. We don't have anything about the uncles. So maybe one uncle died. Maybe this adds to the harshness that is Canaan. Maybe he steps away and in order for him to step away, he has to cut ties completely with everyone. So that could be another option as well. But I truly do feel that there is a blood war between those two siblings. That not right now, but maybe in the future of season four, we could get that. So, and again, we don't. We know that Rick, when he said I went to go, remember in 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 the in the official power, he said I went to go visit my mom. Is that gravesite, or is that retirement home? We still do not know. And for me, just poetic wise, what better way to take you out than your own family? And then when you say I own you, to me, that's making me look a little sideways, sideways and suspicious. So that's what I think. In order for him to achieve that happiness, he is going to have to flee. But here's the thing. I wonder if you say to me, I own you, no matter how far I flee, you will come and find me. Is that how I have to get rid of you? So it's an open-ended answer, but yay war. Oh yeah, there, there absolutely has to be some more conflicts uh, in the family. But but go ahead, Rich. Uh... Oh no, I was going to say excellent takeaway. I, I just want to make a comment and ask you this question. I don't know if this is a question that you were going to ask us, but uh, we saw that they obviously Lulu was still angry about what happened with Scrappy. Do you think they are ever going to find out who is the actual person that was working with the police? We already know as viewers. It was Scrappy's mom, all right? But I'm asking you the question, do you think they're ever going to find that out, and do you think they're ever going to retaliate? Because uh, I'll be very curious to know what people think about that. Mm, that that's a good question. Um, I I think, um, see, that this, this uh, show, what this show does a great job of doing is referencing things that have happened in the previous seasons. Like, you know, they 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 continue to reference stuff that happened in season one and two so i feel like anything that happened in those seasons is going to be relevant in this season so i absolutely think that it's possible uh they might you know find out that it was scrappy's mother uh because you know they they made a big deal of like mentioning scrappy in this episode so that makes me think like you know they they want the viewers to remember what what has happened um and that you know uh raquel killed scrappy and he would he wasn't the snitch it's even in the 
at the top of the show, there's like a little recap thing. So they put that in there too, you know, where she, uh, she tells Lulu that, you know, she made a mistake with Scrappy and stuff. So I do think that that story will be re- revisited for sure. Um, but Dana, go ahead. What do you think? Well, I'm trying to remember. Um, the mom was very adamant. They find out what happened to Scrappy, from my understanding. I'm not confusing shows. Um, I don't think that she is someone who's going to just let it go uh, just because it's the next season. I do think that she's going to be com- completely on them. Um, but here, here's the, the in, I don't know how this will end up playing out. I don't really think that they're going to get retaliation. They may do another framing situation where they frame someone else for it. I'm really interested in the fact that Howard, technically, he's on the inside. So he would have any kind of immediate knowledge of if the mom comes back in and she wants to reopen cases and she's giving them a hard time. So that is, that's one thing that Raquel does have going for him. Raquel and Lulu and all of them. Um, but I don't, I don't know whether or not her voice alone is going to make them start looking at things and, and having some type of revenge on um, for Scrappy. But I, I do feel that it's important, but I just don't know how at this moment. I mean, do we have the mom? But Howard is still on the inside and can easily try to like dissuade and dismiss her. So I don't know how she combats that. That's the only issue, unless somehow she goes to Lulu, which I don't really think she knows of Lulu like that. So, well. Yeah, it's a good point because, um, you know, she's not like in the fold, like she's not around them all the time to know all of the juicy details and stuff. It's like she's kind of just looking from afar. So it's, it's kind of limited to what she can actually know. But, um, but you know, it they could actually find out that it was her that, you know, did the telling and then maybe something happens with that, but you know, who knows, but, but that was a great question, Rich, to ask, um, you know, maybe some of the, the commenters will uh, chime in on that too. Um, so I have to get to the next question now, because, uh, you know, I know, I know you two both kind of mentioned it already, but I want to know, you know, what's your, what's your impression of Ronnie as a character um, and what do you see for him this season? Um, and, you know, I didn't really mention him in my takeaways, but, you know, I just love that he's like so intense. Like he's so, he, he comes across as like a sociopath or, uh, you know, like he, uh, like he has social anxiety and he's just like overly intense about like everything, like every conversation, like, even just the way he's sitting there eating cereal and watching the TV. Like he's, he's like very monotone and serious with, with, you know, all of the conversation and the answers to unique and stuff. And then like um, when they're in the car and, you know, he's, he's just observing what's going on in the streets, like people selling drugs and stuff. And like, you know, just the way he talks about uh, Raquel, like, Oh, you're, you're working with Raquel in, in Jersey. Like you're like, instead of doing your own thing, like, you know, it's like, you can see that he's a very serious guy and like, he's all about his principles and old school values. And like, 
he's not with anything that's going on right now. Like he's not with Unique partnering up with Raquel. Um, you know, Unique's trying to tell him like the game has changed. It's not the same. Everything's hot, you know, for us and stuff. But like he doesn't want to hear none of that, you know. So now he he just got out of prison. So I'm sure there's like a probation period or something like that. But I do feel like, you know, once this character really um, gets comfortable and he's kind of off that whole prison leash, I feel like he's going to create some chaos in this show. Like, you know, especially once he gets around some of the other characters. Like, I recall there was a scene of uh, him and Kanan in the trailer. So that was interesting. I want to see what happens with that because... This guy is like, you know, he's super serious. Like you can just tell from his demeanor. So I'm excited about this character. I love that he uh, he's introduced. But Dana, what would you think about Ronnie? Remember how I was saying before that Kanan is young but dumb and he wants to branch out on his own. And that's really great. And we support that. But remember when we was watching the trailer and he was having a conversation. It was conversating. We didn't know what they was really conversating about. Here's what I think. Him and Famous together are a hot mess. And that's cool, that's great. He needs that guiding force. He's extremely mad at his dad. He's extremely mad at his mom. Jukebox has her own problems and she's a mess. And plus she's really not in the game game like that, right? Rodney, Rodney I think is that silent opportunist as we all saw. You know, he's like I said, the Nation of Islam with his little books, but he's always looking. So I feel like this. He is going to approach Kanan. He knows that Kanan is Raquel's son, which he knows deals with unique. Maybe there is going to be an argument or something or some side dealings that I know is going to happen between him and Kanan. Maybe a way to utilize him that is going to be an extra angriness when it comes to Raquel when she finds out, which is going to be extra angry towards Unique, which may cause a rift between Raquel and Unique. Raquel has to come back into the game to get her son. Then we're gonna have a battle of, oh, you think I'm better than you? Or, you know, who's better than who? Type of thing. So I really do believe that this could be a showdown between Raquel and Rodney. Because one thing about Raquel, she don't play about her children. And Jubox is also her child too, so she don't play about her children. So that's what I really love about this. Um, I think that because of Rodney's demeanor at first, like again, he can be very un he's unarmed, he's, he's unarmed. He just sits there, he's quiet, you don't really he has a social anxiety. So in a way you wanna like, you know, hey, how you doing? Are you all right? You wanna check on him. So I do see that Kanan could possibly approach him and feel that kind of welcoming thing. Plus he's so angry at his mom, he's blinded by Whatever we can see, he can't see because he just wants to get back at his mom. He wants to be independent by any means necessary. And then again, famous is just dumb. So that's how I think that scene that we saw in the trailer could end up playing out. So that'll end up causing an interesting dynamic between him and Unique and then Raquel and Unique and then Raquel and Rodney. So everybody is just, because they can see that he's probably going to play their son against them. And I wonder, because right now they're still staying in the same home, um, does this mean that Kanan now 
stays over because he's living with famous, but they're getting it kicked out. Who, who's going to give him shelter? It's not going to be the next door neighbor that he slept with. So I don't know. But this could be a, a great way of introducing him. And you know how you, you start out as being really nice and you give him things. Hey, do you need this? Maybe it's Rodney who ends up setting him up. And that's how he gains that trust and that loyalty. And, you know, he's doing more for me, mom, than you ever did. You know how kids are and they're into their feelings and their emotions. So I do see that that's how he comes into play. And but remember, we have two other characters that we saw in the trailer that, remember I said, was, was going to be like the big mentor and the little mentor, the, the wife is the mentor and mentor. So I wonder how that also comes into play with Rodney. So it's a lot of things that they set up in just this one little episode. So I'm, I'm for it. Oh yeah, the, the police are coming to get Ronnie right now. It sounds like, um, <laughs> but no, yeah, um, I agree with you. I agree with what you said. Like, because Kanan, you know, he he's at that point where he's rejecting his mother and his father, and like, you know, he's still very young, so he still needs like some kind of like guidance and someone to look up to, kind of thing. So he's at a, a vulnerable time where like he could totally fall uh you know fall victim to looking up to the wrong person you know and it kind of reminds me of uh Tariq a little bit because Kanan was that for Tariq you know he was like the wrong influence for for Tariq um so Kanan could find himself in in a situation like that and maybe that's where he learns it from you know because hurt people hurt people like maybe Kanan like some of the things that psycho psychologically damaged him is what he did to Tariq and other people in power in the original power, you know? So yeah, that, that, that's going to be interesting, but, but Richard, what, what's your thoughts on, uh, on Ronnie? So uh, Ronnie strikes me as a character that does not like change. He already has a set way of thinking and he has a system that he works by this is why he was very angry when he was talking with Unique. He said, you know, we should have people out here on the corners. But uh, I don't know what you're doing with Raquel, but she she's the one that's, that, 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 that got you in control here. So I, I think that he is obviously going to create a lot of issues with uh, Unique going forward in the season. And like I had mentioned earlier, you know, it just feels like when the character is there, because Unique is a different character. When this character was not around, Unique is a totally different character the last two seasons. You saw it from the minute that he walked into his house. You just felt things were different. And then he sees his brother. He 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 doesn't tell his brother what's actually happening out here in these streets. At least that we haven't seen that conversation happen yet. It could very well happen. But he just tells him things are different. He doesn't go into any details. And he's also sort of avoiding talking about a lot of stuff with him. And it also, this also goes to his woman as well, because you saw in the episode, his woman is like, well, how long is he going to be here? He's trying to assure her, oh, there's not going to be any issues. He's not going to mess up what we have going on here, so on and so forth. But obviously, these two brothers are going to have a lot of tension, I feel, going into this season. And because, again, he doesn't like the fact that he's been working with Raquel. And I think Dana made a very excellent point about the fact that uh, Kanan knowing that that is uh, Raquel's son, I definitely want to see how Ronnie 
you know, what type of stuff happens between him and Kanan? Because I'm assuming, you know, because Roddy wants to be out here on these streets, and he sees that now Kanan is out here on these streets, he's going to probably not like that because he's the one that wants to be out there running the streets. So I want to see where they're going with this. But obviously, it's a very interesting character. Again, there's a lot of mystery behind the character because we only saw him. He only had two scenes in this episode, all right? But yet he is the one that everybody's going to be talking about when they see this show. So I definitely am looking forward to seeing where they're going with the character. But I think it was an excellent introduction. And all I can think of is going to be a lot of drama and chaos between the brothers from here on out. So we'll see about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, a bit of a brotherly tension is always good to see. Um, you know, it's always entertaining. <laughs> and um, I think, who, who said it? Uh, it might have been Dana that, or, or it might have been you, Rich. I'm, I can't remember, but like when we were doing Force, one of you said, um, you know, siblings are a big part of like these spinoffs now, like family and and siblings and sibling rivalry and stuff. Um, it's like a common theme throughout. And, you know, we've got Marvin and Lulu in this, and we've also now got Unique and uh, Ronnie. So I want to see what those family dynamics are going to be for sure uh, between Ronnie and Unique. Go ahead, Rich. And let me just add one other point. I'm, you know, I also like the fact that last season we had Unique's very good friend, Worrell, get killed. So this makes it even more of an interesting situation because Unique can't really talk about this stuff to anybody. He can't talk about this stuff to his friend. He has to deal with this stuff with his brother. And that's why I said the dynamic of juggling that relationship. And now you also have this stuff happening with Raquel. I want to see where they're going with this, but they Unique has a lot of things he has to on his plate this season. So very interested to see where the storyline goes from here. Oh yeah. Great thoughts. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's get to the next one. So uh, you know, Kanan is the main character, of course, of this series. You know, raising Kanan. I mean, you could argue Raquel is, you know, because it's called raising Kanan, and who is the person who raises Kanan? It's the mother. So you could argue she's the main character, but Kanan is like the focal point because it is telling his story. You know, that led to power. Um, so like you know and and just from this episode it really feels like we're seeing a more dominant Kanan now um he's making more decisions for himself he's being very active in the things that he's doing so i'm liking that um because you know and this is not a critique but in season 1 and 2 um it was very much Raquel focused um like she she was definitely like the main driving you know character um in in the first two seasons and that's not a critique that's just the nature of this show you like you know it is raquel and kanan almost like that they're, they're, they're both the, the main character I, I feel like but um we're seeing a more dominant kanan in in this one so far season three so you know i want to ask you guys and this is a very open-ended question so you know you can go wild with it you know, um, but what do you see happening to Kanan this season? Like, what is his journey going to be? And how how much of his growth are you, do you feel like we're going to experience in this season? You know, so you can answer it any way you want. You know, it's very open-ended. But 
Um, I'll go to you first, Rich. You got any thoughts on that? This is a great question to ask, Gary. Um, I feel this is the season where Kanan starts to build his empire, slowly but surely. And I think it was very uh, fitting that this episode starts with him going back to Famous's place and they have an eviction notice. So I imagine by the end of the season, they will have moved out somewhere else. Um, Kanan will start to build up a team that he can work with that's working for him, so on and so forth. But he's definitely going to have some road roadblocks along the way. Obviously, as we mentioned on when we did the recap for the trailer, the two mentors he has, if they decide to loan him money and he is late to pay them back, that can be that can become a problem. And maybe Raquel has to step in and try to control that situation or try to help to some extent. And she may do that without Kanan even knowing, and that may cause even more issues between them two. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider. But I think pretty much this season, you know, this is the season where, like you say, Gary, because Kanan had some great ideas. Last season, he gave Marvin ideas on how to do business, and that actually worked to Marvin's benefit. So it's like he still has had active He's, been, he's still been active. He's made some mistakes in the past, but he's also had some good ideas. So this is the season where I think you'll finally start to see as he's out on his own, doing his own thing, he's going to grow a lot more into the Canaan that we know on the original Power Show. Um, so I look forward to seeing that. Uh, and as Dana already mentioned, Makai Curtis, he is an outstanding actor. The way the mannerisms of Kanan slash 50 Cent, he has that down to a T. So I look forward to seeing him grow a lot more darker as the season goes on. But yeah, I think this is definitely how his story goes this season. He definitely grows as a character. Obviously, we also have the whole issue of of uh, Famous killing uh, that guy last season. And that is still going to be an issue that uh, is going to come to a head at some point. So I would like to see how they address that. Because again, another character that is not nowhere to be to be known in the in the in the original power show is famous. So something is going to happen to famous also. So um let's see where they're going. But I look forward to seeing it. Uh but yeah, I think that's what they're gonna do with Kane in this season. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um and yeah, I, I wanna um because I know Dana mentioned it earlier, but Makai Curtis, he is an amazing actor, like for his age, like definitely like he really does embody that Kanan 50 cent cadence and stuff. So yeah, big shouts to him. He's doing a great job. But but Dana, what do you think of uh you know Kanan's journey in this season? So here's the thing for this season. I do want him to have some wins. I don't want to be lost, 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 you depressed, and you end up like work. I want him to have wins and I want it to be able to balance out where he does get a learning lesson by the end. What that lesson is, is, you know, I don't know everything and it allows him to smarten up, but I do want to see him grow. You know, he started out as someone who was cutting the, the, the drugs wrong and killed some people. Um, so I do want him to just learn from that and learn how to be more attentive as well and then also smarter so that interest that should be a good dynamic and a good balance that we have so i i want him to just grow overall the relationship with his mother right now 
I don't want it to be like, you know, here's some big tragic thing that happens and he comes running back and it's like, Mom, I love you. I, I do like the fact that he is on his own. He is acting out of anger right now. Um, and let him act out of anger because sometimes that, again, you learn, how, you learn who you are when you're acting out that way. And we have these other characters. So let me see how they influence your life as well. Because I don't think it's one person that has complete influence over the person that you are today. I think it's several people. And that could be anyone from, yeah, you got the mom, but it could be Rodney. It could be famous. It could be some other characters that we don't know yet. So let me see that. And, and so therefore I get the, the bigger picture of who Kanan is in the future. So just grow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like that's going to be the the most entertaining part of this, just seeing how he how he does grow this season. Because you know, it's it's the journey. It's all in, in the journey. We know what how the story ends, but it's all about how he got there. You know, that's the the entertaining part. Um, but like you know, what what I'll say about you know Kanan's journey is like so sometimes when like you know the children of notorious kingpins um, get into trouble, they sometimes get a pass based on who their parents are, you know. Um, and we've we've seen it with Kanan, actually, where, you know, in, I think in season two, he got himself into trouble quite a lot, and Raquel and the family had to kind of bail him out and stuff and help him out. So what I would love to see this season is, like, because he's being so bold and savage to his mother, you know, and he's clear that he wants to go out on his own um, and, you know, be like just seven all ties with his mother or whatever. I want to see that put to the test. You know, I want to see like him get into some serious trouble and, you know, there's no one to bail him out. Like he can't go to Raquel because he's cut that tie, you know. Um, so I, I want him to be really tra- uh, challenged and pressured. Like, I want to see him under a lot of pressure because he has to feel the weight of his decision to to leave, you know, his mother's home and stuff and his mother's protection. Because, you know, that that is a, you know, he had a, he had two uncles, you know, who were kind of respected in, in, in the area. And then Raquel, the kingpin, you know, um, a lot of people wasn't going to touch Kanan just off of the strength of who they were. But now if he's on his own and he's, making these moves and possibly you know beefing with other drug crews you know they like i i feel like you know raquel and and uncle marvin should respectfully be like okay let kanan handle that then because he doesn't want to be a part of the organization he doesn't want to be part of raquel he doesn't want the house that raquel bought you know so i want to see him put through you know um the those challenges and kind of earn his, you know, his name and his respect and stuff. So that's that's what I want to see. And I think, you know, you you both kind of alluded to the fact that he's probably going to build a crew, build a team, build an organization and stuff. I would love to see all of that. And um, for me, I also would love if we get, if we finally get to answer the question, you know, of who is Breeze, you know, um, if if he turns up, if that character turns up at some point, I would love that, you know, <laughs> maybe at the end of the season or something. So that would be cool. But um, 
but yeah, any any more thoughts on uh, Kanan's journey before we uh, get to the last one? Nope. Go ahead, Dana. I want to know again that jukebox situation. I gotta know what happens with the jukebox. Is she still on her own journey? Will they cross again? What's going on? I don't know. But I, you, I like uh, their dynamic. You mean Kanan and Jukebox? You mean yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because again, we still have that big scene. So I kind of like their dynamic. It's it's different. It's realistic. So, yeah. Yeah, you, you know what I liked? Um during the, the the scene at the table at the new house where uh you know uh Kanan was like making it clear he, he didn't believe anything Raquel was saying about leaving the game and all that stuff and then Kanan got up and walked away and Raquel kind of looked at uh you know jukebox and called her name like she wanted her to go talk to him or something and she goes to talk to him she says you know maybe you should give your mother another chance you know and see what's going on and Kanan refuses and then jukebox goes back in the house and and Patina Miller you know she's a great actor she she gives jukebox that look and it's like she she sees Kanan didn't come back in with her and she's like damn you know like that was just perfect like just because what that shows is like jukebox is the one who could always get through to to Kanan so if she can't get through to him and make him come back in the house, it's like he's truly gone. Like he's really gone. Like so, I love that because that just shows the depth of uh, Jukebox and Kanan's uh, relationship. Yeah, go ahead, Dana. Do you feel that it's fair to give her that responsibility? Because uh, they're, they're no. kind of throwing her a lot in the middle of things. I just wondered. Yeah, I don't think it's fair because she has her own trials and tribulations. You know, she's she's dealing with a lot of death, like the death of her girlfriend and um, the death of her mother now, you know, so she should And a friend, too. Yeah, yeah, a friend. So so she shouldn't have to, you know, um, be Kanan's caretaker or therapist or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. But Rich, what do you think? I'm sorry, repeat the question about Jukebox. What was the question? Yeah, uh, Dana was asking, like, um, should Jukebox have to, you know, be responsible for, like, uh, trying to talk talk to Kanan and, you know, um, pull him back in and get him to talk to his mother again? Oh, should that oh, responsibility? Yeah. Out, well, no, she should not be responsible for that. Um, this is... Uh, Raquel, we know from the previous season, she is a master manipulator. So she was basically telling Jukebox, well, I know you're close, you're close to him as well. You, you do this for me. Because you saw the bond building between those two characters, Jukebox and, and, uh, and Raquel last season. So um, that's what this is about. But, but honestly, it's not her responsibility to do that. And then I like how when she does approach Kanan and he mentions yeah, you know, you got to remember that you lost your mom because she got caught up in all this stuff happening with my mom. So I like that she point that, and then that was the minute where she took a pause and said, you know what? Yeah, Kanan is right. Um, 
But I don't think it's her responsibility to to do that, to act as that mending fence between the two of them. And one thing I do, I am curious to see is when she finds out that Burke got killed or whatever, I want to know how she is going to look at that situation because, as Dana mentioned, that was her friend. But if she ever finds out that Howard is the one that did that, oh, boy, this is why I say I, I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going with that story because I don't think that Howard, obviously, he did an okay job cleaning up the scene of the crime afterwards. But I really do feel as though it could come down to once she finds out that information, hey, I don't know, maybe what if she is the one that takes out Howard? I mean, hey, we have to see what happens. But uh, it's it's a lot of ways they can go with that. That's why I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I just uh, want to talk to my UK people who have seen Top Boy. But um, that cleanup job that Howard did was way better than the one that Duchesne did. <laughs> if, you, if you've seen Top Boy, then you'll know what I'm talking about. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, um, absolutely, Rich. Like, I, I agree. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so, like, I just have f- one more question since you brought up uh, Howard. Um, do you think, you know, the last question was basically, do you think he's going to get caught or maybe maybe even killed this season like is 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 his time running out like now we know this he had an illness you know we know he was sick and everything it might be in remission at the moment i think his leukemia but um but he did have that you know and it could come back at any time but he's you know he's really broke bad and killed his ex-partner like that is a big deal you know um, and the, the police chief seems to trust him at the moment, but Burke did have other people in her corner. She had the girlfriend and she had her father. And if there is some digging done, I feel like it could easily be discovered that, you know, Howard has something to do with this. Um, so would you think that, you know, this could be like his final season even do you think that his time's running out? Do you think he, he could get caught, you know, for what he's done? Um, and is he going to continue to do dirt? Do you think like because he seems adamant on protecting Canaan and Raquel somewhat? So uh, I'll go to you first, Dana. You got any thoughts on that? See, here's the thing: he escaped death once, but you can argue final destination. It comes back again. So um, it'll come back around again. There is a chance of remission. There is a chance of him just getting popped off in the street. Um, he does. He, he's starting to do a lot of dirty stuff. So that could easily come back to him as well. Um, I don't feel that he's going to last very long, whether it's this season or next season that he's taken out. I don't feel that that's the case. He was already shot before. You know how many times this man escaped death? That it's just, death is like, come on now. It's getting upset. Their final destination in this man. And what happens in the end? Death always wins. So he's definitely going to be taken out, whether or not it's by his son again, or if it's, you know, some type of cancer that comes back. Um, I don't see him staying here very long. Um, I wonder if, Say, for example, his cancer does come back. He can use or the tumors or something start growing. 
you can use that as like an escape thing. Be like, well, I wasn't in my right mind. Because literally, look, the cancer. So he's able to type, technically escape, you know, any type of legal jail thing that he may face. Um, my biggest thing is I wonder, will Canaan ever accept him as his father? That's the bigger thing. And if so, will he do it before he dies? So that's an even bigger thing. We don't hear of Howard in the future. So I'm wondering if that's something that, you know, how does that play out? So I think that the, the bigger question is, you know, will he finally accept him? Because right now he's in that angry, I always knew, but you don't talk to me mode. Yeah, that, that's a good point, actually, because I don't think we, at any point in the original power, we don't learn that um, Kanan's father was a cop, you know? So, yeah, like, that's a good point. Like, you know, he must completely disown him or Howard ends up dead and, you know, just forgotten about or something like, you know, just because he's never mentioned at all. So, yeah. Was you going to say something else, Dana? Also, the fact that he is a cop and the streets like to talk and they conversate and there's rumors flying and they don't know when to shut up. So I wonder if that, when people find out and there's no longer that spell of protection around him, who's going to protect him now and who's going to retaliate? I do think it's Howard, but will that anger kind of cane him even more? So it's a lot of things that is happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, Rich, what would you think about that? What do you think about Howard? Well, this is a very interesting uh, dynamic. One thing we know about these power shows, they really like to emphasize the relationships between the sons and the fathers, and the sons inevitably taking out the fathers. This is why I was thinking to myself, when Howard had the conversation with Kane in this episode, and he said, the blocks is hot right now. You need to be careful. Everyone needs to have the same story. Well, Kanan obviously is now focused on himself, focused on growing his drug empire. And that is a direct conflict with what Howard is doing to say, hey, you need to stay off the streets, so on and so forth. So I instantly thought to myself, if it comes down to it, where Howard is getting in the way of what Kanan is doing, then Howard has to go. But the thing is, the question is, is it going to come to that or is Howard has, has Howard already dug his own grave by virtue of what he did at the end of this episode? Because again, we can all agree Burke is a very annoying character. As you saw her unravel all of last season, trying to take out Howard, going into all of the personal family business with Howard, Raquel and Kane and so on and so forth. You wanted the character to get, to get taken out. And, and that's what we got in this episode, but that does have consequences. You know, there are certain people that know her better. They know more about her outside of what happened with this case. So they are going to be looking for answers to see what happened to her. And I kind of feel like even though Howard was able to leave the scene of the crime, so on and so forth, and seemingly clean up the mess that he created, I still feel as though that's going to follow him. It's not just going to go away because they know that she was very suspicious of Howard. She kept saying he is behind a lot of this stuff that is going on. And I mean, I, that's why I want to see where they're going with that. But to answer the question, 
I agree a hundred percent with what Dana said. Howard does not have that much time left. I would not be surprised if they end this season with him getting taken out because you started the season off with his partner getting killed by Howard and it'd be quite fitting to see Howard get taken out by the end, I would think, or, or before that, it all depends. But I do think that the whole situation of Kanan trying to grow his empire is tied to this because obviously Howard does not want Kanan doing any of this stuff. And we haven't really seen them have an interaction yet because as I think, I do feel when, once Kanan does get things started again, you're going to see him have a conversation with Howard once again. And Howard's going to be like, what are you doing? Trying to stop him from doing this stuff. And then that may lead to some something happening to him. But again, let's see which which path they take. But I agree 100%. Uh, Omar Epps is, a, is an excellent actor. But I think his time is going to be up on this show by the end of this season. I think it's I think that's going to I think that is going to happen to move things forward and to really lead to Kanan growing further as a character and becoming a lot more ruthless and dark as the show goes on. But we'll see what happens. But go ahead, Dana. Go, Dana. We also seem to forget the fact that, you know, Raquel had her son kill him initially. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering more of that's going to be revenge than anything else, because now we have him being kind of slightly unhinged when it came to the finale of how he killed Burke. Um, I wonder if Kanan will use that against him in some way. Like, you know, I can we can get back into a relationship if you help me take out this with Raquel. Somehow get back at Raquel. And mm. I see him being that kind of person where he would easily do anything for his son for the possibility of him accepting him into his life. And then that way, he can be the master manipulator. Also, you have the fact that Rodney seems to be very manipulative. Could be. We don't know. I'm guessing. Also, we have the two mentors that are going to be introduced earlier and later in the season. So in a way, Howard can be used as a chess pawn, just like Raquel used him against his father. Yeah. So you take that anger and you use it against somebody else. Uh, it's going to be an interesting dynamic. And then we also could be an, an interesting um, way how they compare this to remember when Kanan took out his own son without any kind of disregard. Oh, you're weak. Boom, you're dead. So I wonder how this could be. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just fishing for things. But it could be reflective of the relationship in the future with his own son. And also, you know, he did at the end of the day was trying to be murdered by, by Raquel through his own son. And I think that's also another reason as to why he's mad. You had me kill, try to kill the man for you, my own father. So there's multiple layers as to why he's mad. It's not just, oh, I didn't get my way, I hate you. There's multiple layers to Raquel's defeat and lies. And so I wonder if he's going to use that card and play it the same way that Raquel, maybe like mother, like son. Maybe we're seeing what there's going to be more comparisons between the two than opposites. Oh yeah, no, nah, you're you're making some great points there, because um, yeah, like uh, uh, like with Howard, like um, him, you know that 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 relationship with him, uh, with Kanan and Sean, you know, if 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 Kanan actually killed, um, if he ends up killing Howard, 
maybe that shows what made him so comfortable with killing, you know, Sean later on, you know, so that that's a great point. And then also, um, you know, just the fact that the whole, this whole police thing kind of follows Kanan a little bit because, uh, you know, jukebox, we know that she becomes a police officer and he ends up killing her. Um, and then who is Kanan killed by? He's killed by police. So it's like, <laughs> this is like a, a, a real curse in his life, you know, that, that kind of follows him now. Or maybe um, that's how Howard dies. Maybe everybody finds out. Dude's like, my cancer's back anyway. He comes to go to protect Kanan, you know, and it's, that's how he gets taken out. By a hail of gunshots with the cops. Because the whole thing, and that always bothered me. Um, how 50 Cent was written off on the show. It wasn't the fact that he was written off. It was how he was written off. Like, it just seemed, maybe it was me, but it felt so out of character for him to just, like, jump out the car. I'm here. <laughs> I don't, it's just so random. I would have to revisit that episode, but I genuinely hate how that happened. Yeah, because his thing was, um, he didn't want to go back, you know, he he, he didn't want to go back to prison and read Sam up. Can I just make a can I just make a comment? I every time you talk about that scene, I laugh at Tariq's reaction when he gets he gets killed. It just it's very hilarious. Michael <laughs> Rainey Jr. It's very hilarious reaction. But yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, because he he was acting all shocked, like and scared when he was the one that set the whole thing up. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go ahead, Dana. Oh, no, that, yeah, we could just get another. And then Kanan sits there and he's like all shocked and scared looking at Howard being murdered. And maybe he's the one who sets it up. I don't know, but it was terrible. So we could get a, a repeat of that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does feel like they're, um, they're trying to tell that. They're trying to fill in that gap and explain what happened in Power more. Like in, in the original Power, it feels like they're trying to really like build that uh, knowledge of what happened through this show kind of so I, th- I think there is going to be a lot of connections there so great points there um but yeah that those are all the questions i had so let's get to final thoughts you know if you if you, there was anything else from this episode that caught your attention that you want to bring up or discuss now is the time to do so so um i'm gonna uh, go to you first rich do you, do you have any final thoughts Final thoughts. Uh, I'm so glad that this show was back. Uh, enjoyed the first episode. Um, excellent acting. Excellent uh, cinematography. Everything about the show was on point. You know, and of course the music, as I said earlier. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the remaining season. But this is a hell of a way to start the season. So I got to give them props for that. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, and how about you, Dana? You are muted. Shout out to um, one of the, the characters that we really didn't pay much attention to, but ended up having a really big kind of important part in the in the opening episode, and that's the guy who was in the wheelchair. Um, had a carriage, they follow through and. He made sure that he was okay and drove him where he needed to go in order to get stuff. Also, 
the strength that is within Marvin to be shot and start lifting up those boxes and still walk and everything else. Uh, yay. Also, shout out to Duct Tape because it kept him together. That was a very interesting way how he pieced himself back together with the duct tape. So, yay for that. Um, I think that it was just a really good episode. It jumped right away so we don't have any kind of lingering answers. I think that they learned, because one of my biggest complaints was, um, remember when Howard had the cancer thing and he was shot? And not, the, not, the, not the first game, but the first season finale? And then man, remember how magically, oh, the cancer's in remission. I'm really happy we didn't have like the magical side ending that occurred somewhere off character, off camera. That they just jumped, they drove, they decided to jump right into action right away with, with things happening. So yay to that. I just think overall it was really good. And uh, I look forward to that ending because what a great cliffhanger to kind of end it all. It was, it was expected but unexpected uh, in terms of the time frame. So I like it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love it too. Like I love everything about this show. Like you know the style, the uh, the references to the to the nineties. You know how they they were playing that video game. I can't remember the the name of the actual game, but like yeah, like they're playing retro video games and stuff. And um, you know, Rich, do you know that game by the way? Because I, I don't I don't know what what the game was. It looked like. Uh, final fight or something like that but i'm not sure if it was yeah i would have to go back and see it i don't remember the name of it off the top of my head yeah but, but i i just love like the whole presentation of the show is like perfect you know all the references the music and um you know i i, I noticed that 50 cent as well he is a executive producer of the show um he had a lot of creative input and stuff and i know he he loves that uh Goodfellas, if you've ever seen Goodfellas, he loves that style of storytelling where like, you know, he he's like the person giving the voiceover, explaining what happened in his story and stuff. Um, I noticed because I, I watched his movie Get Rich or Die Trying, I, I watched that again recently and he does it in there too. So he, he really loves that kind of style, you know, so and, and this show kind of really embodies it and does it way better than uh get rich or die trying did so um yeah like they, this show is great man uh it's definitely my favorite spinoff um show and i'm happy to be covering it again but um that is gonna be it for us uh you know for the, for this first episode and i can't wait to see what uh the commenters you know where everyone who supports the show i can't wait to see you know what you guys are saying um but yeah we're we're gonna that's gonna be it from us until uh we recap episode two so until then i hope everyone you know has a great week and you know the, the holiday season's coming up so stay well everybody take care of yourselves and you know love your family you know i'll say that but on that note we're gonna end this off so peace out and we'll see you all next week